Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. We do this in one take, even when I stumble. It's all good. My guest today is artist Stephen Sharkey Betcha. Stephen, I've known Stephen for a few years. I recently purchased some of his art, and I absolutely love it. He, We talk about Picasso today. We talk about um, Picasso's influence on Stephen, um, all of our shared influences, all that inspiration, all that good stuff. He's a really talented guy. He's got uh, a lot of cool stuff to stay. He recently had a show. He's got some great new pieces out that you definitely should check out if you're musically inclined. Um, they're very, 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 very cool. So check out his page. Check out his art. Check out the conversation and subscribe and I'll see you next time. Peace. Hey, welcome to the Articulate Ox podcast with my guest today, Stephen Sharkey Betcha. How you doing? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me. So yeah. you are a painter. I actually just um I just saw you recently. I picked up one of your paintings from my house. Thank you very much. I'm very uh I love having that here. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for grabbing a painting from me. That's that's awesome. No problem. Um and the topic you want to talk about was Picasso, which for people who've seen your art, they can see a little bit of influence there. Though your stuff has a very has a very unique feel to it. I, I really love the stuff you've been working on lately with musical um bringing in like musical elements to it. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that. But um yeah, I don't know. How'd you get started painting and uh what do you what 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 are your earliest memories of Picasso? Um all right, so my my earliest memory so i started early on like just drawing and doodling like who doesn't right you know um always loved it always wanted to paint uh i tried it a few times in my life and i sucked really bad uh and i'm like you, you know and i'm always comparing um like looking at comic books because i think comic you know comic book illustrators are the real artists right. you know totally they agree. are they they are something else it's like you know like nuno is as a guitar player yep you nope. know from extreme he, yeah he's just yep. like you know yeah on a different stratosphere and that's how i feel uh, about comic you know comic book artists um so I was early, early into comic books and loved the art and always loved, you know, looking through stuff. And I tried, I tried my hand at, at drawing and I sucked. I was bad. Uh, so well, what was, so what were your, your, what are your, so my earliest artistic um, influence is, is a comic book artist as well, Sergio Ogones, who I always never know if I get his name right, but he was the guy who grew the Wanderer. He did a lot of um, Mad Magazine sketches. Yeah. Do you recall what artists that really, really inspired you back then? I'm going to go with Dr. Seuss. Um, oh. I love, I love Dr. Seuss. Um, and strangely enough, uh, Van Gogh, um, as a, you know, as a real artist, artist, you know, Van Gogh was, uh, I just was drawn to his stuff like early on as a kid. And, and it was just one of those things um, that I didn't realize until later that it was Van Gogh, you know, but there was like paintings and, and, and uh, copies of paintings that it, um, we had one and I, yeah, it was just a print, but and I used to stare at it all the time, you know? Um, and 
Yeah, those are some of my, my early ones. Picasso didn't come along until later in life when I really started to dig into painting. Um, and there's a slew of artists that that what what happens is just like like anything else. You go to the you know to uh, to the, the school of uh, hard knocks or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, and you, you you start digging in on YouTube and wherever you can find it. You know. Uh, the, the information on on painting so i i didn't have any formal education as far as art goes i mean um that's probably the hardest thing right it's i i think you know it's kind of like uh teaching yourself to paint and to draw is like when somebody you know pushes you into the deep end of a pool and you don't know how to swim it's like here there you go learn how to swim uh you know so um, so there's a lot of, a lot of figuring it out, you know, when I was younger, I sort of felt like, and maybe this is more of a, you know, speaks to the small town area I grew up in, but unless you were already a good artist, there was not, you weren't really going to get any art education, any real art education, but it was like, there's no way you can really become that good of an artist without having some of that education, or at least having the tools to find it yourself. Like now we can with things like YouTube, I mean, you, you, um, mentioned how, you know, your first few paintings, it didn't go that well. I think a lot of it, I have the same experience. I think a lot of it was that you don't really understand how to actually physically use the tools, like, you know, how much, how much um, paint to use, like what you can cover up and what you can't and the order of 100%, 100%. Yeah. Spot on. That is the thing. That's like one of the biggest things. It's like what to use, what not to use, what works for you, like brushes. Like it wasn't until not recently, but, you know, kind of recently where I really, uh, you know, playing around with more different kind of brushes. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, where have you been my entire life? You know, it's like, this is so much easier. Uh, and it's just like, you know, you can struggle on a painting if you're not using the right tools. You know, you can have it all up here. Uh, you may draw a perfect sketch of something and say it's going to look great. And then you start using brushes that you're not experienced with or you don't know or if they're cheap or crappy or whatever. And then you're, you know, everything turns to crap. Yeah. I had one artist tell me that the, one of the, the most embarrassing moments for them in artist education was after years of doing art, someone, some person who I guess was ahead of her in the art world was like, you know, when you want a white background, you're supposed to paint the canvas white. You don't just use the white of the canvas. And she right. was like... He was like, oh, I guess you're right. And then once you do that, you realize it does make a difference, even though it meets whatever you want. But I mean, no one's yeah. going to tell Basque at that. But um, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, these rules made to be broken anyway. It's funny that you mentioned that. So right here, I'll just show you. So this is a new one that that I was working on here. Um, oh, that's cool. And so I drew it out and then um, I did the back uh, black. You know, and then I I was like, I was looking at it and I'm like, I can't just use, I can't just keep the, the canvas there, even though it's white, you know what I mean? I'm like, I got to paint it. So, and, and talk about frustrating because um, if you do, if you draw it with pencil or charcoal or whatever, you know, you, you've got to go through several stages of, you know, trying to get out that, that dirty white, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, for some uh -huh. reason, you can't, it's really hard to cover up pencil with like colors of paint sometimes. And it's like it traps the pencil under there and you can't get it out. Yeah. It now, sometimes it's a good, good thing. Like, like Picasso used that to his advantage for shading and whatnot. Um, you know, sometimes. Uh, other times, there's so many layers of paint in, in his paintings that who knows where the original sketch is, you know? Yeah, and that was one thing into sort of the research I, I did on Picasso prior to this conversation. He would talk, they would talk about how he didn't always have the clear vision going in and he would work it out on the canvas. Right, right. Which I, I think a lot less, and now that we have all these tools that we do that, you know, we can do to plan things out ahead of time, I think that's something that people do a lot less of these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do... Um... I usually kind of attack the canvas, like, you know, just, you know, or, or whatever, you know, um, I don't generally use a pencil. Like if I'm going in to do a drawing, I'll use just a marker. I'll go right for it, you know, and I'll try to fix it along the way. Yeah. You know, I'm like, uh, well, th this part of the arm is going to have some shading, you know, or whatever, and just shade it in or whatever it might be, you know. Um, so but I like to go right into stuff. I mean, I think if you look at a couple of my videos, my reels, you can see that I'm just, just going at it and just kind of things are just kind of taking form and shape as I go, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's a, some of a lot of my art is if I have a concept, that's cool. If I don't have a, a, an idea of what I'm going to do, I just start going at it and, it's like making something out of nothing, you know, which is kind of fun to do. And sometimes it can be frustrating. Sometimes you might, you know, you, you, you got to get to through the ugly stage of the painting before you can get to the good stuff. You know, do you find that when you, when you try to tap into that sort of ethereal place to make something out of nothing, do you find that you end up in this, this similar direction all the time? Or do you find that often leads to, to multiple different, like you, do, do you know what you're getting into when you do that? Or are you just surprised what comes out? Surprised sometimes what comes out. Um, there's a, there's one painting out of the mode series um, that uh, I think it's Lydian. Um, that I was kind of surprised how it came out. I, I did it in one sitting and, and I was so just kind of spaced out, you know, like kind of just was this close to the canvas, you know, my eyes were almost blurred, you know, and I'm just kind of yeah. just doing it, th throwing paint at the canvas and using the streaks coming down the canvas as to my advantage. And when I got done and, and stepped back, I'm like, Wow. And that just happened in one sitting, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. Right. Yeah. It's you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's nice to have that experience once in a while, you know, Yeah. let somebody else take over. Are you um, someone who believes that a painting can be ruined with that, by that one extra stroke? I've definitely had a few where I'm just like, you know, I, I have this, when I started making the transition to digital art, when I was doing my, you know, I guess analog art's the only other way to put it. I definitely do something sometimes in my head, go control Z, control Z, control Z. And like, yeah, yeah. unfortunately it doesn't ever work. Oh, but... oh, I love, I love the fact, you know, that doing the digital art, you can do, you know, control yeah. Z. 
which which is great and you can't do that you know but sometimes it's like oh so there was one painting i did um one of my biggest paintings that i i did uh and i had this vase in 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 the painting and i'm like oh i'm gonna do this really funky flower just very bizarre kind of picasso-ish um I painted it and I'm like, uh, and of course I was doing oil paint, you know? So I was so pissed at myself. I'm like, you know, I should have just kept it. It looked great the way it was. So I had to go back and paint over, you know, like yeah. took some turp, rubbed it out, kind of painted it, been waited for it to dry and paint it again. So, but as far as, yeah, like adding that one extra stroke or something else, um, I'd, I'd rather just leave it when I, I feel like when I sign my name on the bottom left or right, it's done. Um, if I come back and see something, I'm like, all right, whatever. That's just like a little touch up or fix up or whatever. But you you really got to find that, that, you know, when to stop and, you know, when's too much. I mean, I've gone far overboard early on. I'm sure you have too, right? Yeah, you know, definitely. you know, doing like... Um, uh, uh, when I was doing some abstracts early on and, and, you know, I'm always snapping pictures of, of the progress. Right. Yeah. So, um, I went back and looked at one painting and I was like, oh, it looks so good. It was so good. You know, I can't get that back. That's many right. layers underneath all that stuff that I just painted. And, um, yeah, that can be frustrating. But that's just part of the learning experience, right? Do you so. think you you're fairly objective about your own art? One thing that I found, you know, particularly with my music and sometimes with my paintings as well, is that the pieces that I'm happiest with are the ones that other people sort of can either, you know, leave or take, and then the ones that I sort of I have less of an attachment with the ones that people respond to better. And sometimes I'm just like that. I don't know how that that leaves me in terms of what I decide to share with people. I just throw it all out there and see what sticks, I guess. But right. I'm the same way. Yeah. Isn't it funny when you, when you like take a piece of art and you throw it over in the corner and you're like, eh, whatever. And then somebody walks in your studio and they're like, oh, I love this piece. I'm like, you know, it's like one of my least favorites. And I don't want to say I freaking hate that thing, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll pay me to take it. <laughs> yeah. You're yep. paying me to get to get rid of it. There's there's definitely some of those right. Yeah, I've sold a few of them where I just I yeah. I I, I it's a weird feeling with the universe because I don't know, and I guess I'm one of those people who maybe looks for um you know what I can learn from these different interactions around my art, but I'm like, I never know what to take from that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I I agree. You never know what people are gonna like, and that's what like lately, what you know, it's like I really doing just painting for myself and doing my stuff and if people like it they like it and if they don't whatever you know yeah. it's it's you know um that's that's probably one of the hardest things as being an artist is um people are always like geez i wonder if somebody i wonder if they'll like this i wonder if they'll like that right. you know so trying i think i'll paint flowers everybody loves flowers yeah let's paint landscapes because those are that's the number one thing that people buy you know 
Yeah. Um, so the most hotels are buying for their lobbies and their, you know, their, exactly. their junior suites. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you'd be, be lucky. I mean, you'll see a Monet, you know, definitely see Monet and some Van Gogh and stuff, but you're not going to see Picasso, not going to see, um, you may see some, the, you know, de Kooning, Willem de Kooning, his abstract stuff is really cool. Um, but you're not going to see Basquiat, you know, it's, it's an acquired taste, right? you know. Um, right. But there are people out there that I'm <laughs> finding that, that, you know, that's the thing. You got to find your, you got to find the people that like what you're doing. And even to people like Basquiat and Picasso in their times, there were still plenty of people that were kind of crapping on them. Like they, they sort of okay. talk about how Picasso in some ways was a movie star. So he he was sort of a star beyond just being a painting dude, being a painter dude was his personality and his lifestyle and things like that. And then you miss someone like Basquiat and people like Warhol. They were certainly like that too. So these mega painters that we know from, you know, the 1900s and beyond, a lot of them were not, it was not only based on their talent but also their personality but then the talent was always really like there was always someone that was kind of stepping in to say that but the talent yeah. is really there when you look at picasso and basquiette and all those people oh absolutely I, I mean that you know the personality that, yeah. became an added dimension once you know people once that's something you could transmit over television and radio and magazines you know right right yeah i think basquiette said or wrote something or said something once that he goes, I can actually draw, yeah. you know? Um, but we know Picasso can really, really paint and draw because I look at his early stuff, like when he was a kid, you know, some of those amazing paintings, the detail and yeah, I, it's just, it's, and, and he went from painting like that to trying to paint like a kid, you know? And I think that's probably why people crap on some of his stuff. And and like you watch some of the videos when he's older, right? And which is I love, I love watching him and you know working. Um, there's one where he's he's doing like a cow, uh, a, no, a, a bull, mm -hmm. and it's like on glass, and he's just kind of doing his thing. Now he's just because he's Picasso, he he does a little something, and it's not. It's not, I mean, it's fine. It's great. It's cool. Right? right. But, you know, think about it. It's Picasso doing it, you know, right. now if this so was it adds some... meaning behind it, it's, it's right. Just the fact that he, it's like, there's almost a point where I was thinking about this earlier. If you're really a movie star, like that real like movie star, like someone you're almost, your role is almost to be someone else's muse. Cause you're channeling someone else's art through you. Like you're almost the empty vessel that, the director is going to do someone with like like Keanu Reeves on his own is just he's the muse and then someone's going to use him to turn him into John Wick or something and at a certain right. degree when the artist like the painter becomes the rock star there's a bit of that as well or just the fact that it's not what comes out of the brush but who's holding it impacts the way that you see it I think right that right some sense yeah absolutely certainly yeah I, you know it's it, uh I, I think it has a lot to do with personality. I mean, you look at, you know, um, you look at some of the, the famous artists that actually did well for themselves while they were alive and they had a real unique character to themselves and they right. were, they were um, forward 
um, you know, yeah, like a movie star, I guess you could say. Yeah, you know? Picasso being one of them. He he yeah. had he had success in his lifetime, and Warhol as well. And, you know, Warhol, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. That, yeah, potentially led to his demise, but right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not a lie. I mean, if you think about it now, like I, I, and I always, I always think about like, all right, well, who is, who is that front runner right now? Right, you it's know? sort of Banksy. Well, or Shepard Fairey. Those are the names that come to mind. But and I'm sure you can think of some others too. But I always go back to Banksy, you know, as being the the one. But he he is. Um, yeah, I was gonna say George Kondo, but he's yeah, he he's he's fantastic. Cause like I mean, he's just you know definitely inspired by Picasso as well, um, and I think he took uh, that and went. Um, he he used a little bit of the Basquiat uh, design of being kind of crazy sloppy ish. Mm-hmm. but but his draftsmanship and the stuff that he does is amazing but he it he doesn't have that persona you know like a movie star so he's he's kind of under the under the radar you know right. yeah um banksy well we don't even know who the heck he is right well some right. people do but you know it's funny with him it's like in it one of the things that makes him so special is that in the world where there are really no secrets anymore his he's you know he is the ultimate secret it's like in that that yeah. sort of makes it sort of the you and art i i mentioned this on a different episode i was in amsterdam a bunch of years ago and i almost bought a banksy print and i started going through all the things that would involve and getting it home and stuff like that then i was like in the end i'm like i've looked it up now and it has gone up in value so it would have been a decent investment but i'm like yeah. what if we find out that banksy's really just like a division of amazon or something and like the art just plummets in value which then yeah. i'm just sort of like well maybe and then as an artist myself i'm like maybe i should i Banksy's message Banksy's not supposed to be about making money off of them and I'm like maybe right. this isn't the right investment for me so right you know, I was yeah I mean he, time, so. his his thing is he designs the templates um and he sends guys out to paint right he, he doesn't do it himself right as right. far as I'm I, I, as far as I know I went to the Banksy exhibit and that's kind of what I learned from there the one in Boston yeah I think that's a traveling one that was similar to the one, one of the ones that I saw, because it's been moving around. I had a, I had a friend who worked at it and um, yeah. Did you enjoy it? It was okay. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the basket exhibit. Um, People told me it was a little disappointing, which I was yeah, unfortunate. I, I, I would go with disappointing uh, because there's not a lot of original art there. Right. Right. It's, it's um prints of, stuff that he's done there was a couple it like you want to you want to see you want to connect yourself to that real thing right you know uh and when you're looking at a print you're like okay well this is like just you know i can see this online you know um as opposed to um well i went up to um a museum in manchester uh new hampshire um and i I went into i had no idea there was some van gogh and there was a picasso and it was a huge picasso piece i stood there in front of that painting for a good 30 minutes 
just looking at all the detail and just looking at the thick layers of paint and how he, you know, how he did everything. And just, it's just kind of amazing, you know, right. because you're, you're like, he touched this canvas with a brush. His DNA is probably still on there somewhere. Absolutely. So, so that is something where you're just, you know, you're connecting with the, with the artist even more than anything else. The, the Basquiat exhibit was, holy crap, that was something. It also um, too brings up something that I, I, that I think is important is that for almost every media there is, there is a best way to absorb that media. And I know now we, we live in a society where everything can be viewed on a phone, which I don't think is terrible. There's some stuff where the phone is the best media to absorb it in. But like right. there is something about seeing for me hip hop live or there's something about seeing a painting in real life because it becomes a lot more personal experience. Right. And I think that's where people is trying for for um I think to get back to what I said before about not understanding why people respond to certain artwork I have, they're having some sort of an emotional experience that even though that I helped bring it there, I don't fully understand, you know. Right. And yeah. it's it's really that only kind of happens when you when you sell art in real life. Because I've tried to sell, I've sold art online and I've sold art in real life. And you have interactions with, with the purchasers in both of them, but you always feel the more emotional connection when you're selling it in real life. And I, yeah. and I think I've even had the same experience with the art that I bought. Even the painting I bought off you was one that I had seen several times before in real life. And yeah. um, I just, uh, I, it, I, it was, it brought me back somewhere and it enriched feeling in me. I don't know that I would have bought it necessarily if it was a picture online. I mean, I might've bought something else, but there's something about, you know, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's, that's what it is. You know, for me, it's, it's, you know, Hey, money is great. Right. But for me, it's about the connection, you know, um, it's making a connection. It's, it's like, Hey, this, this, you know, spoke to you, you know, this painting that you, that you got. Um, and I thought it was kind of cool. You know, it's like, it, it was definitely a, a moment where I just was up and just, you know, late at night and and some insomnia or whatever, couldn't sleep. And, and I did this crazy painting. I put it up there. You're like, Hey, you know, I like that one. And I'm like, cool. You know? So it's, it's great when you have the connection and it's in real life. Um, yeah. The shattering teeth image. I remember that. And like televisions for me are a big, um, that's an image that I come back to a lot in my art. Like on the, my first album I put out, when you, when you pull up the CD, there's a picture of a small television with a test pattern scene of me trying to like get out of it. So it's like, yeah. there's always been a lot of imagery of that when I'm working on now. So I really respond a lot to that. Like it, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's hanging in our living room now. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. TVs, man. I don't, I'll, you always see that in, in, in a museum or, you know, art shows, people always like, broken tvs just or tvs that are you know got static going on or you know well, whatever just think of how much of an influence television i mean this is the generation before us but how much television changed everything like oh yeah you know in the way that the iphone or whatever did for us like i mean yeah. the idea of seeing moving pictures changed the way people thought about war and art right. and love and all of that stuff like I mean, no absolutely yeah the way that ricky and lucy laid in bed influenced the way americans you know or people around the world you know 
perceived the right way for married couple to sleep. It was <laughs> like, it's like, what a bizarre thing to think about now, you know? Right, right. Now I'm watching someone dance to TikTok on some song that I don't, never heard of, <laughs> that has 9 billion views. I don't know where the connection is there. It's not meant to be as cynical as it sounds, but <laughs> no, minded. No, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. I don't do TikTok too much. Um, Me neither. I, I tried it for a while. Um, I, I stick it, to one. I stick to Instagram. I try, that seems to be the app that serves all of my artistic needs the best. And I, if I just put my attention on one thing, it's probably the best for me. Yeah. I've been using Facebook, you know, uh, more lately and, and um, as well as Instagram. Um, but, you know, the reels are kind of the same, you, you know, I, yeah, I don't know about you, but if you get if you get on those reels on yeah. on Facebook, I'm like I'm I'm like what happened at the time, you know? Yeah. And there's a couple of comedians on there. Uh, what was his name? Matt Riff Rife. He's hilarious. He kind of interacts with the the audience, like so he'll, you know, and he's fast. He's fast on you know, like he'll somebody could say something. And his response to them is always hilarious. And some of the stuff is like, wow, he just said that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's funny. I was I, talking to my friend about this. Um, there was a back around the time YouTube came out, I was trying to be like a freestyle rapper, like a battle rapper. And my friend was trying to be sort of get sponsored as a skier. And we we're doing our thing. We we're making our progress. We we're keeping up with our peers. And then when YouTube came out and the, and the real like proliferation of DVD where you could, or it wasn't just like one skate video, one ski video came out a year or one battle video came out a year. It was like, this stuff was really out there. The learning curve, like people just got so much better, so much faster. And it was yeah. like, now you couldn't keep up. Cause like people were, people weren't learning off their buddy on the street. They were learning off the best in the world and then taking what they're taking and flipping it and stuff like that. And we were both just like, okay, I guess we're tapping out of this. <laughs> and find our yes. you know fortunes elsewhere did you have a similar experience where um you you saw things change quickly or you 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 took advantage of an opportunity to sort of learn something quickly that you always wanted to or something like that so for me it was like i just remember going to the i mean the dewey decimal system I, we, you know when i was a kid i, I kind of thought i'd be doing that my entire life it's like that was like all we learned <laughs> about was the dewey decimal system and, yeah um, yeah i don't know all yeah right. well i i i I think so. I mean, I'm also a musician. Um, so one of the biggest things, the advantage where now is if I want to learn a tune, you know, uh, I can sit there and pick it out, you know, like I used to. Or I can go online and there's plenty of bass players, you know, sitting there doing their thing and and they, they tabs and, you know, the the whole everything written out for you nice close-ups yeah uh you know um and if you're learning a beatles tune there's a guy that plays the the, the hoffner bass and if you're you know yeah uh, if you're learning a rush tune there's a guy who plays plays at rickenbacker or or you know the getty lead jazz bass so um i usually take that and run with it because it's it's there it's available but man that would have been great when i was younger you know yeah yeah, you know, I remember when I was younger trying to watch Green Day on Saturday Night Live and see what the bassist was playing, so I could try to copy it. 
Oh, yeah. It was like that was, and it was like you have a VCR, and you know we're trying to pause that. It's going to be blurry, and you know that's that's what how desperate I was. It was like that, like Guitar World magazine, and like right, 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 know, like the tab yeah. inserts and stuff. It's it's um, and then like I'm I've never I've tried to avoid being one of those people who's like, oh, you don't know how easy you have it now. It's like all it does is give you. A, it gives you a, like a higher plane to start on. You still have to add your own spin to something after it. And you still have to, which is kind of the way I think about AI art. I'm not one of those people who's tremendously feels threatened by AI art. I think it's something that can be kind of cool, but is, is always going to kind of be in its own lane. Um, yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, I, I just recently been hearing about this AI art stuff and, which is kind of crazy. And the NFTs is the other thing. Yeah, that seems like it's already gone. It's it's just I well, I don't know. I don't like I do you know I get daily on Instagram people wanting to buy my art as NFTs and I don't do NFTs. Um like I'm like, should I do some, you know, for the heck of it and see what happens? And but I I I feel like the minute the minute I start doing NFTs, right? Yeah. No, no one's going to buy them, you know? Well, I think some of those things are kind of scams. I That's my I, understanding of it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. There's so many scams and, and that that's exactly why I'm like, well, yeah. I know, you know, it's always, Hey, how are you doing? I love your art. And I want to say, yeah. what do you want? right right like which or, which one in particular tell me the story here you know yeah. tell me something that's not written by a robot right right yeah so it, it's it's hard it's hard i mean you, you gotta you gotta sift through all the the bs on 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 these sites and stuff but um it's trying it's, to sell uh, something that's both digital and exclusive is is sort of what I think people are trying to they're trying to crack that nut somehow because they they think that's like the the ultimate source of like of like sustainable power when it comes to making money on the internet because but it, that it, people can't get their minds around that what the value is there because nothing online feels like it has any value. So now no. to try to pick one thing out and say, well, this has this is special because of this, but this other one's also special because of this. This other one's special because of this. You're just like, we know you can make infinite numbers. Yeah, you know, right, it's, right. It's sort of why with the Spotify, where people sometimes will complain about, well, Spotify doesn't pay out as much, which they probably don't. I'm sure they make they do tons of business transactions to make themselves look like they have less money, blah blah blah, so they have to pay less. But there's also the degree that it's so easy to make a song now. It's like if it was as easy to make gold as it is to make a song, gold would be worth less. Right. You know? And so now it's like, yeah, there's so much music out there. It's like everybody you you had to know somebody whose uncle worked in like, you know, a recording studio to be able to do something yeah. like the 50s. And even then it was going to be someone else's song, probably, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's so. I mean, I wrote a couple books. Um, I self-published, and I um, tried to get a major deal. And now it's like everybody writes a book and publishes it on their own, and um, everybody writes music and and puts it out there, publishes it. Um, so it it's it's hard. It's like, and I'm like, how? you know, how does anybody make money anymore on music or how does anybody make, you know, money on, on, on doing this 
which is an art, right? I mean, yeah. music is an art. Um, writing is an art. And it's just, um, it's hard. It's a hard, it's a hard road to go down. And it's really, it's somewhat about luck, but you know, um, it's also about being persistent, I think too, yeah. you know, and, um, and I had to kind of pull back from a, f a few things like, you know, for a while I wasn't doing much music. I was just really concentrating on my, on my art only. Um, now I'm currently like playing in three bands. Uh, so, um, but I got, I got a good balance going, you know, um, and that's something that's that can be difficult to do, you know. Yeah, one thing I so I've been using this website for a few years where it's it's part of this community called it's called like art storefronts. And um I sort of I'm not like they sort of help you make your websites look more professional. I'm not like super pumped with it, but I also don't try to sell a lot of art anymore, so it's not really that big of a deal. But there's definitely when you look at the people who are like in the Facebook groups that are trying to really push this ahead you really can either sell art or make art to some degree it's because selling art is really a full-time job and it really is. and and it also they really push that you need to have your own niche and it's like okay you're going to be the person who paints octopuses and you're going to be the person who paints and it's like it ends up being let's see if we can make you know i know you don't want to do that daily grind of a job you're doing it rather be an artist but we're going to, we're going to take you one better we're going to give you a daily grind of a job as an artist so we're going to give you like you know it's like it's like homer simpson it's like seeing sent to hell it's like oh you like donuts we're going to give you all the donuts <laughs> and, yeah. and then you're just like cuz i had to yeah. stop i had to stop taking on commissions cuz i was sick of drawing people's babies and their recently deceased pets and it just like it yeah. just became something you're like this isn't really it was fun it was fun when i was in the beginning but then right. the charm of it wore off you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah there's definitely yeah. that conflict between the, the you know the things you 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 know you, you, we all love to get paid for you know making for those songs that we make up while we're in the shower it's like if i got paid for those i'd be a zillionaire right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it, 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 you know it's um i think i think what you know you kind of was saying something that that really kind of reminded me of you know like what's the hardest part of, about being an artist and and it's not for me it's not about creating the art it's the marketing it's the grind it's the it's the hustling it's the finding you know a gallery or a place to um to display your art and um you know that and that's that can be a hard hard thing you know i mean um you know having a studio is cool having open studios is cool people coming in um you know and you know people come in and look at look at your art and you know they shake their heads or they say whatever you know i you know i get the oh picasso you know, I always get the Picasso yeah. thing and I don't know how to feel about that sometimes, you know, right. sometimes I'm like, I want it to be me, you know, it's, right. it's me. I mean, it's just like anything else. This is, this is how I look at it. Um, so as a bass player early on for me was, 
John Entwistle, John Paul Jones, Getty Lee, Chris Squire, um, Stanley Clark, and Jocko. Now, let's take all these guys and throw them in a blender, mix them up, and that's me. You know, I, I applied certain things from these baseball. I just took all this influence and I made it who I am, you know. So that's who I am as a bass player. Well, it's the same same thing as, as being an artist, you know. Like, I love Van Gogh, Willem de Kooning, Basquiat, uh, and Picasso almost equally. I mean, Picasso is kind of like, I think for me, he's he's my main influence um, just because I, I like how he went through different phases and he didn't right. paint all the same thing. Um, and that's the other thing you get shit for sometimes is, is people like, Oh, is, they're looking around on my studio. They're like all the same artists paint this. Like, yeah, yeah, I did. You know? Yeah. All right. So this is a little abstract and this is, but yeah, same artists do it. I mean, why, why not? You know I mean? That's what's tricky uh, about both music and art where it's like, well, you, well, you get attention doing one thing. Do people want to see you keep doing the same thing or do they want to see what you're going to grow into? And you never know how people are going to respond. It's really hard to try to predict response. Right. I mean, uh, let's jump back to extreme for a minute. Um, so they do more than words. Huge hit, right? I mean, it's everywhere. Elevators. Still you know, hear it to still, this day. Still hear it to the day right um and then so people go to see them live in concert and then you know it, like here comes get the funk out you know right. and or or whatever it may be and it's like wait this is the same band you know right right you know it was like when back in the day the like bobcat goldfried would um do stand-up people thought he was going to be sweet shock from police academy Right. Like they, they didn't, they thought they were just going to go see the, or like Andy Kaufman, people who thought he was going to be, you know, this character from Taxi. That, and it's like, it's a weird thing where like you don't really understand if, if they really stopped and think, thought about it, why would they have that expectation? But a lot of people do sort of have this weird preconceived notion of what something's going to be, you know? Right. Right. That's way off. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's the yeah. thing about you said you mentioned about people kind of saying the picasso thing it made me think of you know when i started off rapping it was like people like oh yeah you sound like eminem and for me it's like okay well, that tells me you know what rap is but you don't know much about it because that's not it's not a very like it's a it acknowledges that you're aware that what rap is and that you know a rapper <laughs> But like, you know, it's like Picasso, when I say that about Picasso and you, that's sort of the same thing. It was like, okay, so this is the one point that you and I can connect on, but you probably don't know much more than that. And that's right. sort of the way I interpret that, where it's like, okay, well, you've made an attempt to connect. And it's like, like that conversation probably couldn't last another two minutes because they probably wouldn't have, don't have two minutes more worth of our talk in them, you know, for better. Right. You know? And it and you're right, because most of the time that that's it. And I'm like, yeah, he's an influence of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool and and you know and they move on well it's funny because i just remember from like you know when i was in in like middle school and stuff they'd, they'd have art class and they'd separate us all on a different tables and, the, and it would be like tables would be like 
um, you know, Da Vinci and Picasso and Van Gogh and like Monet and then like maybe one other Renaissance person. It was like, like Winslow Homer. And like, that was like the only artist we pretty much knew existed between the ages of like kindergarten and like, in like sixth grade. And it's like, oh, Picasso is the only one that feels like it might've been even close to our lifetime. And the other ones feel like they might as well have been, you know, a zillion years old. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, there, there's so many great artists, and and um, until you start digging in, uh, even to to this date, you know, like I, you know, if I'm watching something, this this is a cool thing is when you're watching a movie, and uh, I'm always looking in the backgrounds at the walls, yeah. you know, and the artwork, and I'm like, all right, pause take a picture, go on to Google, and then you hit the little thing yep. it finds, and it will find that piece of art, and you're like, find the artist. Yeah. I did a replica of the painting that Fraser Crane has in the back of his apartment in, in the show Fraser, and I have it hanging in my house because I did yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I love that painting so much. And Fraser oh, yeah, it's pretty, shows. Th that is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite uh, abstract paintings um, are from... Uh, Evelyn's house in two and a half men. The art in her her apartment is awesome. It's yeah. just it's so cool, you know. Uh, and I tried to I tried a couple times to to replicate one of them. Um, just got some great drips and great colors and, uh, but like like, pretty much a lot of uh, abstract art, right? You can't 100% recreate certain abstracts right. to, you know, to the T. Um, Essentially due to like chaos theory, you know, for lack right. of a better term. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you wanted to pick somebody that you could could do like an abstract uh, would be like Rothko. Right. You know, Um his stuff. Are you familiar with with him at all, or? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, one one interesting thing that he wanted people to look at his art and and have emotion and cry, and he thought, you know, by the multiple layers and the way he did this, it it represented. I mean, it was very you know minimalist right but i mean it's still um you look at it and it's like all right this is just a this is all blue paint you know and uh, you know a lot of people will sit there and just look at the the art and they're like okay this whole th thing is sold for 80 million dollars right and and it's all blue this is a blue canvas but there's more to it if you really kind of look at it so you know i i think i think you you got to be um you got to be uh, a lover of art to you know to uh, to appreciate what someone's trying to do and and really sit there with with a piece of art sometimes and just say okay let me how do how do i relate to this what what's going on here why did right. he just paint this blue and and a lot of people don't they'll just kind of kind of look at something and you know 
Uh, it doesn't look like Mickey Mouse. Let me move on. Right, because so much, so many people who consider themselves, you know, serious artists, you know, not just like a pretentious way, but take their own art seriously. What they're doing yeah. is inevitably a response to what is just what has recently been popular in art. So, yeah. you know, so much of like, you know, there was a time in the 70s where there was a lot more of the art that was just, you know, one side of the canvas is one color and one and the other. And it's like, right. that isn't, yes, you could do that now, but it doesn't mean the same as it meant when you, when they did it then. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's something to keep in mind when evaluating a piece of artwork is the time it was made and why, you know, where that artist probably was and what they were responding to. Yeah. And that's why you don't see many people doing um, Jackson Pollock stuff. I mean, right. you know, it, it was that was his thing, and it was really cool. I have I have one painting hanging in my in my uh, living room that that I did. It's my tribute to him, um, and uh, that was enough for me to do. You know, I don't right. I, I need to do a million a million of those to you know but it's fun it's fun it's fun to experiment with different artists you know because now you see if you there's a lot of cool videos on instagram of people that do other ways of pouring paint that are really cool that are yeah. um they're even you know just even the art of showing how you make them is is very um you know it's the way the colors blend with each other and there's um there's there's ways that that has evolved where right. you, where it's like it's not just the rawness of it anymore there's a way to put control over it where you're doing something similar but taking it to the to a next level you know right yeah like the, the way they pour it in a cup yeah the different levels and then you know like kind of pull it up and and then how it expands using the hair dryer there's a whole bunch of stuff it's kind of cool um not my thing but right it's kind right. of cool right you know sometimes just watching i'm one of those people who will watch those oddly satisfying videos that just are sort of ASMR where it's like, oh, this person's playing with, you know, a um uh, a Play-Doh spaghetti machine. <laughs> They're like, you know, pouring stuff in that sounds good or things like right. that. Like that's one of those things from you're watching them is I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm centered a little bit. But those yeah, colors yeah. swirl. I can deal with real life. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you got a visitor over there. Yeah, I guess so. I actually was over the wrong shoulder. That's that's maybe. That's maybe uh, him to hang out. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, so you, you mentioned a little bit about music. What um what are the, these bands that you're doing now that you're in now? What so are your aspirations there. Um so right now I'm just playing on Monday nights, I'm doing this uh original heavy thing with some of my some some friends that um I've known for a long time. Uh and it's 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 cool stuff it's um it's it's fun it's there's not a lot of pressure it's right you know the practice rooms right up the road good friends um it's heavier stuff than i'm used to playing but i i, I like it you know um and then um i just recently joined up with uh this uh the jennifer teft band which um she's kind of she's got a good following um so that's kind of like a, I don't really know how to describe the style, indie rock, cool. It's just it's really cool stuff. Um, and then my son's band, uh, you know Truman. He uh, he's going to be turning twenty one in a couple of weeks. Um, he's like, Dad, I need a bass player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So 
you know, we just recorded uh, an album and uh, it's in the, the mix process right now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I love it. It's 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 great to be playing with, you know, a carbon copy of myself. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, it keeps me busy. I mean, you know, besides the art, it's it's fun. It's just another creative outlet, you know, that I love. I love playing bass. You know, I love singing. Um, yeah. So did, did you on the project you did with your son, did, did he do most of songwriting or did you contribute to that as well? No, he did all the songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a great songwriter. Um, he's, he's really, he's really good. He's really, he's got a thing, you know, like I wrote songs back in the day and, you know, some of them were okay. Yeah. You know, but well, that's, that's no. a topic that comes up on here a lot is um, I found that different artists have different relationships to their old work. I'm somebody who I still have pretty much every notebook I ever scribbled in. And sometimes I'll pull them out and I'll find stuff that it's an idea that I wasn't ready for then, but I am now. And then I have other people who I have other people that I've, I've offered decent opportunities to in order to get them more exposure. If I could use something that they participated on back in the day and they're like, nah, I don't like that. I'm just like, Trust me, it's great. And I just find that people have different relationships with their old stuff. How do you feel about your older work? Well, it's funny because uh, my old guitar player um, last week just sent me some some stuff. He he found some tapes of our band from you know 90s uh, and sent it. And I so I was listening to it, and um, some of it's okay, uh, some of it's great. You know, like you can you can feel that that hunger, you know, yeah. that eye of the tiger, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, we were hungry. We wanted it. We wanted to make it, you know, and you could hear that in the playing. Now, as far as the songwriting, um, some of the songs were kind of, you know, kind of hokey and, you know, like, yeah. eh, you know, but it, I mean. I can do the same thing. I can go back. I can go in this. I got a room over here with tons of art that, you know, I, I don't want to get rid of it. Um, some of it I painted over um, during the pandemic because I didn't, you know, wasn't yeah. going to stores. You know, I needed something to paint on. So I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Let me paint over there, yeah. you know. But, you know, it's it's I think it's it's um, it's good to look back. And and sometimes you, you look back and you're like, hey, that was really cool. I like where I was going with this, mm -hmm. you know, and now that you have more experience, you can take you can be inspired by yourself, you right. know, even though it's bad. You know, you can you can say, well, I'm, all right, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do this thing, whatever it is, and kind of expand on it, you know, right. It's awesome that maybe you didn't know how to fix it then, but you know how to fix it now. Yeah. Yeah. Like use better canvases, use better brushes, right, use better right. paint, you know? Yeah. I, I was telling, um, I was telling this kid, I just I recently had um, this uh, kid from Emerson college uh, as professor said, go out there and find an artist. And, you know, he told the class, find an artist from local artist and, interview them you know it's like 15 10 questions whatever it was and um you know and i was just like yeah you, you know you just don't if, if there's one thing i could tell artists starting off is 
don't don't buy the cheap shit you know yeah. save up the money buy a good canvas buy good paint buy good brushes um don't buy michael's canvases they warp and i mean i got you know i got tons of michael's stuff that i bought you know um and i i haven't bought a michael's canvas in quite some time um because they you know i don't know they're just not they're okay yeah you know they definitely I see, warp. yeah i mean i see a lot of artists that, that use them still um or at but least now, don't buy their cheapest ones you know it's right like, there's definitely um there's yeah. definitely grades you get what you pay for when it comes to a canvas though i would say in general canvases are they can be really expensive they are and that's why i started you know when i'm lately i've been just painting on on raw canvas um, I, I did a little bit of that too yeah yeah it's yeah it's, it, it, and then you just roll it up it's easier for storing um and then if somebody likes it, you can have it stretched, have it framed, whatever you want to do, you know? Yep. So that makes more sense. I mean, if I knew that, I probably wouldn't have a, a one entire room filled with paintings. I know. I'm trying to figure out what to do with mine, too. I Because I have most of mine in the basement. I've promised myself. I'm not, I've, I, I kind of stopped doing a lot of canvases, but I have some that I might go over. And I don't know. It's like... Yeah. I, and I'm not, it's like, I probably could sell some, but I just, the selling, this process of selling art to me is just um, tiresome and just not the way I want to spend my time. So I might just give some away. I don't know, figure it out. So. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing, right? Just, you know, give it away, um, donate it to charities, hospitals or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, it, you know, bring up a good point there because if you're, if you have a new painting, right? This is this is what I experience. So if I have a new painting, I'm going to be charging X amount of money. And I feel good about asking for that price because I put a lot of hard work into it. I'm, I'm, I feel confident as a painter. I feel that this is quality, not like my older paintings, right. you know, where it was more experimental. And so... I could take an old painting, same size as a new painting, and I, I feel embarrassed asking you know to pay a thousand dollars for one of these old ones, right? Um, but at the same time, I don't want to go and say, "Here you go, it's a hundred twenty bucks," you know, whatever it is, you know. But this one is a thousand, you know, like. So you can't really you, do you, that. you could also argue it this way is the person who made the old one doesn't exist anymore. So while yeah. there could be more of the new ones made, because I just made them, that person's, you know, 20 yeah. years ago, they, they're not here anymore. <laughs> like, right. There's always some philosophical way that you could argue that one is more valuable than the other, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Pricing right. art is so wild. Yeah. But you're right. It's like, you know, what am I going to do? You, 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 you can... Um, you can try to sell it uh but it's a lot of work it is you know? yeah it, it is a lot of work and it's um especially if you're someone who takes it personally when people don't respond it's like i think it's there's a lot of people who never buy art at all and it's like right. 
there's a lot of people who never think to it's either not in their budget or this that you know i think we we enter less people's i think when we were younger we, we saw inside of people's houses more often than we probably do now at this this stage in our life and the stage of the way the world is and i think you'd probably notice that a lot of people have a lot of empty walls and they never even think about buying and I, yeah. it's just it's weird yeah, right you know clearly you know you and i are not those types of people but um it's you can't take it personally when people um don't buy your art i find right least, you know yeah you can't take it personally either when they when they hang your piece of art in their bathroom <laughs> i had i've hung my own art in my bathroom i can't me, you know me too complain. me too me yeah. too if I, I um you know I, I, have a, I have a friend of mine who who bought a painting and he put it in his bathroom and i'm, I'm like hey good you can take a look at it when you're taking yeah. a dump you know, I have um an original cell from Garfield and Friends in my bathroom. That's that's what I've had in my bathroom for years is of Odie and Garfield, like just oh, that's looking cool. off in the distance. That's cool. Yeah, Gar. I think Garfield is probably the first artistic, like first thing that I ever really captured my imagination when it came to art. I was like yeah. infatuated with it as a kid. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, kind of going back to one of your original questions. I think actually, it, for me, uh, drawing, it just kind of, you just kind of hit a memory, uh, was the peanuts, you know? Yeah. Trying to draw like Charlie Brown and Snoopy, I, I have, if I, ooh, I oh, where is it? Oh, I have, I have it somewhere. I drew Snoopy so many times because there was a certain way of just doing his, yep. you know. I was that I, with Garfield, yep. Yeah. So I, you know, I have a lot I think, of because it seemed obtainable. Like you could look at you could you could look at Charlie Brown and see there's only a few lines there. So it's like, I mean, then you look at something right. like the Mona Lisa, you don't even understand how to process things like gradients and things like the emotion, but you know, yeah. you can look at that and go, okay, it's the matter of getting the lines in the right shape. Because every when it's when it's something that iconic, every little inch of it counts, every little, you know. Right little little piece of the line everything if you if you really come down when you really come down to it though everything is all about shapes um lines and shapes yep. and you know um people say that they can't draw it's like well yeah you can right you know you just gotta well, practice it's so i had that so i had that debate with someone because i'm one of those people who's like well anybody can learn how to draw now and i do sort of believe that but i don't believe that anybody can learn how to sing and because i mean i've tried and failed and i but maybe that is true and i'm just i don't know because i feel like i couldn't learn how to sing despite my best efforts taking lessons and things like that but i feel like anybody can learn how to draw what do you think if somebody does both well i know that i so there was a guy that i uh, that i sang with he 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 passed um uh about a year ago uh and he started off and he was rough you know he 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 cracked a lot he he um you know he was a friend and we you know hey we need a lead singer right and he's in the led zeppelin I'm like yeah all do right. your best <laughs> yeah Come so, on the job <laughs> he, he 20 years later i i run into him playing in a band in a club and he's singing like amazing his his voice was amazing um 
I think it's finding where you can sing, you know, right, not, not trying to sing, it. not trying to sing a, a, a range where you're not good at, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right to some degree. There are some people that are tone deaf that can't sing um, that. I don't know what it is. I, don't, I just don't know. So, so there are some people I, I'm going to say that you probably can't teach to, to sing. But that was funny because the, the one artist who I could always sing a little like was Evan Dando from the Lemonheads. So that was pretty much I probably should have just stuck to that and tried to see, you know, where I could make it. But um, <laughs> it, it it's singing is a hard thing to do. And, you know, drawing is hard, too. The biggest mistake that I think most artists make is they draw lines they can't erase i think i think most people get discouraged when they're drawing as a kid because they'll press something really hard and almost every time no matter what i'm working on the first line i i draw or put in there ends up being erased yeah and i think that's where a lot of people get discouraged they don't make erasable lines and they're looking at their the the half erased first mistake they made through the entire thing and they, they can't emotionally deal with that right yeah I you know, it's funny because I mean, I having a lot of kids uh, and being around kids and, and I, I get to see that the transition um, when the innocence is gone in, in a child, because early on, a kid's going to take whatever tool it is, marker, crayon, whatever, and scribble and going to draw something and he's going to hang that up on the fridge right. and be proud of it. And then you get to a certain age, then comes the age of erasing and right. crumpling up the paper. The age and of self-consciousness. Sort of. When you see that, when they start doing that, it's like, ah, oh, they've right. lost it. They've lost it. And, and that's the hardest thing to get back is, yeah. is getting that confidence and not worrying about it um, because everything, yeah, there's happy accidents and, and whatnot. Um, but Bob Ross is another, I'm a big fan of Bob Ross. Uh, but there, there's a point where you can, you can fix it, you know, and you just have to, you just have to stick with it long enough. And that's the hard part is, is, is getting in on a painting, on a drawing, and getting through that ugly phase and, and just pushing through knowing that I'm going to work this out somewhere, one way or another, you know, and most of the times it comes out right. Like the, the painting I just showed you here, um, this one. Mm -hmm. So I had it done and this, this eye was up here, the nose was higher and I didn't like the way she looked, you know, and I was like, ah, crap. And it was like kind of done. I'm like, well, just get out the white paint, probably about four coats of white paint. And, um, and I redid the, you know, the face till I liked it. Uh, so it can be done. You just got to stick with it and just, you know, if you don't like something, fix it and do your best to fix it. Um, it's just, a, you know, it's a game, right. With, with your head, it's like, Oh, geez. You know, sometimes people get frustrated. They 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 lose their confidence, or they're they're like, oh, you know, this sucks. Or I, you know, whatever. Yeah, you, you know? definitely see people get stuck inside their own head a lot. Yeah. And um, yeah. 
And one thing I see that a lot of that younger artists tend to do, or at least when I was younger, I'd see other artists do, is that they would say if someone has only really done like 10 serious drawings, 10 serious pieces, they hold one of them really up on a pedestal. And then they're not satisfied when they're when they're when their other work doesn't meet up to it. They don't get that it's that it's not like this like linear path. That right. like you're gonna do stuff that you love and then something stuff that you hate, and then something you hate that people other people love, and something you love that other people hate. And it's like people just want to see this linear path, like you're going to the gym and just putting on like a little more muscle every day. And that's not the way it works for an artist. Right. Yeah, good point. Um, and as a matter of fact, I got I got myself caught up in in some of that. Um I had made a painting, uh, probably one of my favorites. Um it's called impressions it's, it's currently hanging in boston um at a place called the uh, cornish pasty company uh in the back bay and um so i got about eight paintings in there but th i put one of my favorite paintings in there and when i painted that when i got done painting it my very next painting sucked yeah and i'm like now i'm holding myself to, like to this certain level like Right. I I want to. You want to go over the the last thing you did. You want to get do better every time, and you got to and like you said, you got to realize it's it's not gonna always be that way. You know. Right. You um. Let's let's quickly talk about the Beatles for one second. Yeah. Listen to their albums. Listen to. Uh, any album you can hear them working out songs right. that are going to be hits and then oh there's that one hit song on the album or two or three maybe right but there's there's a whole bunch of clunkers on those albums right you know they're not so all Steve, great right even like stephen king you'll see him like sort of rehash an idea until it finally becomes the, the best version of it yeah exactly and then screw up an ending yeah of the book. yeah which he's done so a lot many times yes so many times i love stephen king my favorite my favorite author um his book on writing is excellent that that's one, one of the best books he's ever written is the one on, on how to write you're exactly right i love i love i actually love um it, it, he's got a what is it books on tape mm -hmm. yeah and he and he reads that book and uh, just him talking about the accident. Yeah. And yeah, that's, you're right. There's like one of my favorites. I got that, you know, out sitting in my living room. So if I yeah. ever want to reference something, I, I love it. It's I couldn't handle the ending of the stand, the book. I felt cheated out of a lot of hours of my life. Yeah. And, and it. Yeah. I was, haven't read it. Um, yeah. that I, I was like, uh, and but I think he even says it himself. It's like, you know you have a great idea now i think that's the same for a lot of movies a lot of tv shows right you right. you got a great idea you're running with it and then it's like oh how do we finish this thing yeah yeah you know? and, the, and a lot of things like the movies and tv show they've already started spending the money before they have the ending and then it becomes how do we finish this fast yeah so. yeah and then you're 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 disappointed like you know if you watched lost you know right the ending of that and and you're like what a great show and 
the ending wasn't exactly the best. Well, the other know? thing too with that is like, so Lost probably I didn't really watch Lost, but I have an understanding of of what it is, and I, I like is it Damian Lindelof? Was he the guy who did it? I think I think he was behind Law. I don't know. He's no, that was J.J. Abrams. Okay. Um. So, but but like so that that's an idea that starts like on a page one day when there's no money, there's no script, there's no anything, and it's just an idea. And yeah. the odds of that turning into something that's going to be a worldwide phenomenon that goes on for ten seasons, like you, the idea, like you wouldn't even you wouldn't even think through the ending because the odds of getting to that ending at the point where you started are astronomically small. So right. like it's almost impossible to stick that sort of ending, especially when like you don't really have control over when it's going to end. You know, like you see a lot of people who leave their own shows because they can't end when they want it to. And it's like there's advertising dollars being sold. It's like it's a miracle. A lot of things that are good that are in popular culture. It's sort of like I use this analogy when it comes to skiing that I don't ski. But the few times that I have once I get on skis, it's a whole different ballgame in my, in my head about being on skis. And then it's right. like I fall over instantly. And it's it's a miracle you can keep something good going for 10 years. And, right. and again, I'm right. so pissed with the way Game of Thrones ends, ended. So what do I know? Yeah, that was another one. Um, sure. There's many. There's many, you know. that, And you're, you're just like, oh, you know. But you're right. Like, even the, I mean, I love The Walking Dead. I kind of, I, I followed that all the way to the end. Um, and it was okay. You know, the ending wasn't terrible. Um, but the the thing about it is you know i think kirkman was like he said it many times i didn't even think we're gonna get past the pilot you know right but the pilot was fantastic that was that was a great show yeah that's the only episode i've ever seen of the walking dead i haven't um oh really no i i i'm i'm i have this so much stuff i haven't seen i i'm just yeah. blind. It's i watch more comedies too i i try to stay away from heavy stuff but um I don't yeah, know. I'll probably check that at some point. I've read some of the comics. The comics are, are great, so I know the stories. Yeah, also. the comics. Yeah, comics are fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, anything else you want to touch on while we're here? Not this episode. I don't think. I don't All know. Right. Sounds good. Maybe I'll be back mm -hmm. at some point. Talk some more stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This has been fun. Yeah. Where, where, can people, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. Um, they can go to my website, sjbetcha.com. Um, and that's probably the best place to find me. All right. We'll link all that stuff under you on the video version of this too. And we'll have it in the notes of the show on the audio version. So, All right. Awesome. Excellent, man. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, You too. Yeah. All right. Have a good one.